You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. I'm talking about straining for that logo on the side of your helmet and not the name on your back. Yes, sir. Because we know what it represents. It represents everybody here you see and everybody you can't that we've talked about. I'm here to strain with you, man. I swear to God I'm here to strain with you. Let's go. Everything you got, strain with everything you got. Let's go. Let's go. Bills on three. One, two, three. Bills. You're listening to the Off Tackle with John Fita Show with your host, Joe Miller. What is going on, everybody? Welcome into the Off Tackle with John Fita Show. He's these cracking IPAs. <laughs> Dude, is it even five o'clock there yet? It doesn't matter, does it? <laughs> it's five o'clock somewhere. You totally just planned that whole thing on me. Uh, my name's Joe. That over there is the man of the hour. That's John, my guy, John Fina, who's wearing an awesome hat with his last name. You know, I could do that too. I just got to go get a Miller Brewing Company hat. It's not that cool. I know you think you're cool right now, but it's not that cool. I can do it too. I got uh, a beer drop on my keyboard. Hold on, let me get it off. <laughs> Oh, too much, too much. Welcome to everybody that is in the chat in the comment section. Welcome to you if you are listening to this uh, podcast on Victory Tuesday or Victory Wednesday. It's good to have you. You are, you are tuned into, as I said, the Off Tackle with John Fina Show on the Buffalo Rumblings vidcast and podcast network brought to you by Q42. Q42 is an awesome barbecue sauce, and John is going to tell you a little bit about Q42. Right hey, now. first of all, Q42 goes with your favorite favorite IPA or your Chardonnay or what. Ever you want to drink. What about a margarita? Margaritas. Margaritas. Yes. Por supuesto. Hey, what makes Q42 barbecue sauce different than the rest? And this is where it's really important. It's made in Western New York. Yes. With Western New York honey, honey, and real <laughs> ingredients. Even the ketchup and mustard is made from scratch. Like, who does that? That's awesome. Uh, where the other guys had fillers like high fructose corn syrup. Mm. No bueno. Q42 puts in the time, the effort to cook up a sauce worthy of most serious tailgates. Beginners, you can go use some other barbecue sauce. The KC sauce is a crowd pleaser. The Carolina is a mustard lover's match. There you go, mustard lover's match. Mm. Go to Q42BBQ.com to get yours. Enter the code FINA show to save 15%. I don't know if it has to be all capitals, FINA show. <laughs> Throw it up in there. Go to Q42BBQ.com and scream FINA show in the, That's promo, right. in the promo code area. Oh, so good to see you, John. Uh, yeah, this football game. Let's just get right into it as you're sipping that IPA with a nice little bit of foam on top, like perfectly poured IPA. Um, I'm going to let you go first. In regards to what you were expecting from that football game against the Dolphins to to what we got, and and don't give me the, 
well, we won. Because I know we were texting, and I know there was more to the story than, well, we won. <laughs> well, if you recall, go back we actually, to we, we actually more than texted. We talked at halftime. Like, you we actually did. called me. I had to vent. I had to you vent. I was, was a venting moment. <laughs> All right. So, if you recall our last uh, what, I, pod, pod. Um, I said, look out. The Dolphins are, they're invigorated a little bit. You know, after that previous week's performance, losing at the buzzer, uh, I think they had some, you know, some pride that's been damaged. They felt some success and they were going to try to come up to Buffalo and make a game of it. So my expectation was going to be a hard fought game. uh, And it was. And my expectation was the Buffalo Bills would win and they did. Mm. So take that, Joe Miller. That's right. That's right. Yeah, that but it, it. that was the length of my expectations. You, yeah, what do you got? But but so so the, so your expectations were wholly met, is what you would say. Yeah, because uh, you know I know there are struggles during the game. You know yeah. they're going to come in in some way, shape, or form. So um, I guess I had I had compounded expectations. I I had expectations that the Bills were going to beat the Dolphins. Obviously, I was a little more reserved this week than I was last week against the Titans. Because as I, I, I surprised you, as you said last week, when I said that I expected the Bills to roll into Tennessee, roll the Titans, roll out, and they didn't. Um, but I expected them to be far more focused. I expected them to have a little bit of that, you know, whipped cat, whipped dog kind of mentality. Like, we're going to go in and we're going to focus, and we're going to take all of our angst out on this Miami Dolphins team that isn't very good. Um, and they just seem to come out sluggish, and they seem to come out very flat, especially on offense. Not they, the defense played lights out. The defense, if the defense didn't play the way the defense played in the first quarter and the second quarter of this football game, we're probably not having a fun conversation this evening uh, on this show on the Off Tackle with John Fina show, brought to you by Q42. Possibly. Possibly. I'm just saying. Well, it, we're, it, we're only one throw away from the first quarter looking a hell of a lot better than it did. So first for sure. Yeah, that, that first play that the first play of the game, which if he had if he had tucked and run, he's got Stefan Diggs out there as a blocker, right? And he's got a million yeah, I, yards I, of green I grass. Like the idea of just putting it up there nice and soft. He tried. He tried. He, he, mostly mostly because I don't want my quarterback out in space, which we do enough already. But secondly, I got digs in my fantasy. <laughs> Right. <laughs> well, the the reality is, is if there's a guy, as much as I say this, I mean, Allen puts his body in harm's way a lot um, and we're off topic now, but that's fine. I'm okay with him. I prefer some of those ad lib runs versus the scripted runs that seem to get him twisted and tied up in the middle of the stack in the middle of the pile. For, you know, it, but anyways, I digress. Um, for me, the game met expectations in that in as much as we won. Um the game met my expectations in as much as the national media doesn't pay attention to crap, basically. So, like, they're coming out going, oh, the Bills are the Super Bowl favorites after beating the Dolphins, like, handily. And it's like, well, it wasn't really handily. Um, so, clearly, none of you watched the football game, which we've laughed about in the past and doesn't surprise me. But um, I just expected more in the first half. Not not to say that I didn't see some good things that I wanted to see, adjustments, right? We'll talk about that when we get to the good stuff. Um, but, uh, yeah, I... They beat the spread, so they won by more than 14 points. Josh Allen tied the, the NFL record for with Cam Newton for the most rushing touchdowns by a quarterback in, in his first 50 games. So there was a lot of good there. Um, I think I was just looking for more of a complete win by this football team, and there was just some puzzling things. They just left me wanting. Fair? Okay, but your expectations were that it was you were mostly optimistic. The Bills would win, but you expected a hard-fought game. So we're both right. 
I don't know that I expected a hard-fought game. Oh, okay. Well, I can tell you this. I expected, always do, I, I, I expected to see A.J. Epinesa all over the field. Do you remember seeing 57 on the field at all? Uh, yeah, a couple of plays. I caught him on camera. Uh, but, you know, sometimes it's just who's grooving, right? Yeah. I mean, Mario Addison was grooving. Mario Addison played well. Edmonds and Jerry you know, Hughes was Jerry, grooving. Jerry Hughes played well. Obviously, Oliver got a game ball. And that is never, you know, for the lack of what uh, Harrison Phillips and uh, Star Latula they do for him to help him get to that point. So, and you, you know, that another expectation I didn't have seeing Vernon Butler start and play a lot in the first half. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's another show, man. The, I, the, run, the run defense totally changed when Harrison Phillips entered the game in the second half. It's like, what is going? You knew this going in. Is it? Do they sit around as a coaching staff and they're like? Hmm. Let's see. Why don't Why don't we give Vernon a chance and see let's see see what he's got? Maybe Maybe he's fixed some stuff. Nope, hasn't. Maybe they flip a coin. <laughs> uh, uh, that to me is less puzzling than uh, Spencer Brown being down. Um, and I didn't know. Was there an injury? Was there something nagging? Or did they just sit him? That I haven't heard because I don't devour the uh, the mafia media like uh, like the rest of us do. But you know, I was thinking, all right, well, what happens? You don't you don't put Spencer Brown up because you're working these people in a guard. But if a tackle goes down, you're back to Ford or Bates. So I, yeah, that, I was kind of I was kind of scratching my head at that one. That's actually a good a good a good segue. Harold Fuller asks. He sent in just a chat. But by the way, I didn't say that we are super chat live. So if you absolutely desperately have a comment or a question, and a couple of people did reach out to me and say they've got some questions for you, so we'll see if they if they show up tonight. Well, Harold's here. Uh, Hi, Harold. Yeah, Harold is here. John, how hard is it for three of the five offensive linemen to move around from where they played the week before? And this is a big question because it was brought up on one one Bills live today by Brownie and Tasker that you know there was an aspect to it that like the. They weren't even sure when they knew. So it could have been Thursday, could have been Friday, could have been Saturday before they knew that Spencer wasn't going to play in this football game. And then like Sunday, it's like, hey, guess what, guys? Daryl, you're going to right tackle, right? Feliciano, you're going to you're going to right guard. And Ike, you're getting the start. How hard is it? It's player specific, right? So the beauty of a guy like Glenn Parker, he played four, he played four positions on the offensive line seamlessly. So there's a there's an IQ level to it, a football IQ level of knowing the entire play. Mm. So when we took tests with Carl Mock the night before the game or the day before the game, you didn't just block your position against the defense in front of you. You were required to block every position, the tight end block, and the running back's responsibility. So if you have guys up front that at least know the concepts of every play and understand uh, the assignment of every play against whatever defense is thrown at him, then it's just uh, the ability to move from side to side, right? So Feliciano yeah, yeah. very clearly plays better on the right. Uh, Boker looks natural on the left. If they had to shift it up, then Feliciano's probably a better left guard than Cody Ford is. So right, right. Uh, you're not going to see the tackle swing. Mostly it's the interior three. And it's it's working in that tight space too. That you know, there's a familiarity of it too, where you're, you know, you're you're not stretched. Like tackles are taking bigger steps dealing with outside rushers in in the inside three. You're in a, you're in you're the octagon is tiny. Mm. You know, mm. it's you and me, we're eyeball to eyeball, and we're not separated by two or three yards with a guy you know running downhill at you. So yeah. the skill set is more suited to swap around but it is a function of football IQ and um, 
your ability to go left, right. So I, I think I was typing one because somebody knows that there's a typo in our ad as far as on the screen that I got to fix. But did you say you were unsure of why Spencer Brown was scratched? He's hurt. So he hurt him. Yeah, he hurt his back lifting, I think, on Monday earlier in the week. So more than likely deadlifting would be. I bad. am so against exercise. Is it receive? <laughs> I before E except after C. You, you got it. So to which I responded to. You know, I just emailed you back when you sent the link. And then did you see my email back to you? <laughs> no. SP exclamation point because you spelled link L I M K. I always catch spelling errors. I didn't spell it wrong. I fat fingered it. I don't have I don't have skinny long digits like you. That's actually not true. I've got actually pretty big hands, but I fat fingered it. So unfortunately, but it is what I, I don't I hunt and peck. I don't I don't do you type do you type properly or do you hunt and peck? Are you, hunt, are you are you, so you're not a hunting pecker like me? I'm a hunting pecker. That's why I'm No, Miss Gallardo in seventh grade, man. She taught me how to type. I, I'm really good at it. I'm not saying I didn't learn how to type, but who's got time for that? I ain't got time to type. Like, I can hunt and peck without looking at my fingers. And then I, I, I spell... can type faster normally than hunting and pecking. Now, right. this is true drag digression before you were just <laughs> addressing. That was a digression. This Rabbit. is full blown. Buffoonery. I promised buffoonery on the tweet, and there it was. <laughs> we're not we're not done yet. We got we got a whole 45 minutes of this left. Oh god. Um, so I, next time I'm up for bids. Ask question or ask me ask you question in caveman speak. Um what were your thoughts when you saw that Bucker was starting over Cody Ford? Surprised, not surprised? Not surprised. Not at all. No. It was I told fun. you last week, I, I think Cody Ford, come hell or high water, is going to have a really hard time getting back into this lineup. There, and the, you're going to have to see Bucker fail miserably before Cody Ford goes back in. But, oh, no, Ford finished this game. So I'm getting two games confused. So, yeah, so but he Feliciano, this game because Feliciano, he's Italian got now, by the yeah, way, got hurt. he uh, might have strained his calf and right. uh, running right. out of space on that illegal block. It was funny because leading into the game, I had thoughts about that. I was like, man, what if, right? What if Bucker starts over Ford? What does that say about Cody Ford? And then it happened. I didn't tweet about it. I didn't talk about it. I don't think really. And then it happened. I'm and willing I to like, take you at your word, Joe, because I yeah. like you. <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what you're talking about, but thanks. I appreciate Well, that, that you didn't say it out loud and you're, you know, like, oh man, I could have invented the internet, but I didn't. <laughs> no. No. Um but it, it just uh, it doesn't bode well, right, for that young man and probably his future of the franchise. Although the Bills hang on to guys way longer than they should. Well, are but, you woeful about it? I mean, people are calling for Vernon Butler's cab right now. He's got an Uber outside. Like seventy-seven hundred uh, Buffalo Mafia fans have all like chipped in ten cents. Well, as I said last night on the overreaction pod, the next time I want to see Vernon Butler is him walking on a bit one Bills drive with his bags. But it, it, to me, it's about the draft capital. It's about the investment. You know, there's an investment in Cody Ford in the second round pick. Blah blah blah. Vernon Butler they just picked up as a free yeah, agent. I know, but I mean, look, I mean the 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 hallways are lined with the high quality college players who had great careers in college that didn't pan out in the NFL. Absolutely. And, you know, in the end, the draft is really like, close your eyes, roll the dice. Right. I don't care right. how good they are in college. Sometimes guys just don't make it. I mean, yeah. I wasn't very highly considered in college up until, until the last minute. And um, I had a reasonably long career. You were a first round draft pick. I know, but if you go back, 
you know, not that I'm encouraging you to do this. <laughs> Mel Kuyper had me listed as the 42nd. Hang on. Uh, hang on. I'm going to, I'm going to hunt and peck to Google and type up. No, no, let's, let's, go backwards. let's just talk about where we are today. So, um, yeah, no, I, I, I was not shocked at all. Mm. So. Gotcha. 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 I hope Spencer Brown's back gets gooder though. That's me too. Issue. Me too. So let's move on to the good. What the good from this football game. So uh, I'll go first on some of my good. Good for me. Uh, halftime adjustments. There was, I called them out on my uh, bye week post or my bye week uh, podcast for the overreaction show. Just about uh, the Buffalo Bills need to understand when they're getting punched in the face, right? And it's like, oh, we're getting punched in the face right now. We need to make some adjustment adjustments. And what's funny is. And obviously you have a different seat and a different view of the nineties teams, but the nineties teams got accused a lot of times of not making a lot of like wholesale adjustments, like just kind of being like, no, 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 we, we came in here with a plan. We're going to keep to the stick to the plan. And a lot of times it seems like this bill's team does that as well. And they didn't uh, in this football game. They, they came out and they started throwing to the flat. They started throwing a lot of screens, several back to back screens, which is something we have not seen. This is not a screen team. They did some of it in preseason. However, who knows? Maybe they were practicing for this game. But I loved, loved when the Cole Beasley thing happened. And that just took me right back to the conversation that you and I had last year. When you said that, you know, working Cole Beasley like that is, you know, it's a, it's a substitute for the run game. And what's interesting about that is the Bills don't do it enough, even still. They, I don't. It's like it's the it's it's the obvious thing. It, it's it's the sending your kid to the kitchen to grab the knife off the counter and they can't see it. Where's the knife? I don't see the knife. And you're like, the knife is right on the counter. I don't see the knife. And they come back and, and then you want you want to punch him in the face. Working yeah, Cole Beasley you know, underneath and getting that rhythm for this offense has worked so many times. No, I agree. I, I like the adjustments that they made. I think a lot of them were compelled by the. Uh, the defensive plan from Miami. We could talk about that a little bit later, but I agree. The adjustments were nice. What else was good? I mean, do you want to go into the defense? I don't feel like there's defense. a lot for us to talk about. No, defense, Oliver Edmonds, I mean, they, they White, I mean, Milano, all the, the safeties. Levi Wallace got stung a couple times, but he battled back. I mean, all of them played great. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you. I think Levi had one and a half bad plays. Uh, Tredavious White tried to jump that route with a poor angle, got beat. Uh, Edmonds didn't make a tackle. What did you uh, see? What did you see with the Devontae uh, Parker stuff? Because Devontae Parker in the first half was owning that football team. And in the second half, he was gone. You know, it's curious. He just, in the first half, he was just finding that soft spot in our zone. I mean, when we're when you want to brush with four, which we capably do, then what's the point of running press coverage up front with two high safeties? You know, why not just sit back in full zone coverage, right? So then you run the risk of a guy who's settling in and finding the spot in the zone, you know, mm -hmm. adjusting his routes and, and getting in between the, the depth and the, the inferior linebacker position. And they just did a good job of it. And that, yeah. that again goes back to your adjust your adjustments, right? I think yeah, yeah, yeah. they probably closed down a little bit more with the safeties Look, there was so much to digest. And then when you went crazy on your pod last night, I, I didn't even have time to watch the um, the defense because, number one, they played well. And, like, nitpicking on finding when, you know, a fantastic receiver has a few catches is not worth my time. But 
the fight that we're going to have in about 11 minutes is going to be so much more fun for me. <laughs> uh, Listen, you got there's a premise. So I was a little bit curmudgeony last night, and I yeah, put that were. in my tweet. But here's the thing: my show is not about reality. My show no. is not about. Oh, I I figured that out when I went and listen, listen, listen to me. My show is about the overreaction and how we felt on the couch when the game was play, playing out. Mister, I called Joe Miller at halftime to vent. Like you were right there with me. Because I wasn't getting my beer and my wings on time, dude. That was, is huge for it me. Was all piling together. But my you point is, this dad bod. If I don't get my beer and wings, I'm there, there is there is fine print on the overreaction podcast, which is I'm giving you the emotion that I felt today, which is why I did not want to let people walk away with the Josh Allen touchdown run. We win. It's over. Yeah, like because at halftime we were all crapping our pants. We were Dirty. all like. What is going on? He's he's not he's there's a, there's a person I'm listening in the, to this birdie. Are you listening to this? There's a, there's a person where he's at named Birdie. Does he it's just so everybody okay? Look what's going I on. I totally get it. I totally get it. So I should stop listening to your show because I don't deal in raw emotions. This you know yes, you do. Only when it comes to my beer and wings. <laughs> All right, the so, good. I agree with you. The adjustments that were made. Um you know, they compelled us to make those adjustments. So the pressure that they brought, which was a good plan by them, right? They, they know that we struggle in the run game. So they bring five, six, or seven on multiple plays to stop the run. So what's the solution? Well, let's let's start with a little confidence and hit the flats, right? Yeah, so yeah. when we start looking like we're just hitting the screen and we're hitting a flat, then what happens? The middle of the field opens up. Now yep. that's Beasley's territory. So we, we just want to dial in on our protections, right? Mm. So anybody who looks at that film and doesn't say, well, let's see, five guys can't block six, then I, I'll give you another math lesson, all right? <laughs> five guys can't block seven either. Mm. And when they bring down the threats, I don't care who bails out, you have to make a call. And then you might have four guys blocking six, and that's a challenge. So once we figured out how we were gonna make those calls, and then the middle of the field opened up for Cole Beasley. Yeah. Are do you have any goods different than my goods? Any anything? Yeah, I thought our hunting was outstanding. <laughs> Uh, ladies and gentlemen, right. no, this, wrong, is the, section. this is the end of our show. Thank you for tuning in to the Off Tackle with John Phoenix show. All right, that's all I'm going to say because that, that, that's very obvious. Um, <laughs> you know, honestly, I thought the officiating was not horrible, which is a first. So that I know that's totally off topic. Um, it wasn't horrible, that, but it wasn't great. That's right. I thought Josh did a nice job spreading the ball around. Our tackles played great. Mm. Um, they really did. And um, I'm going to drop a bomb on you right now. Feliciano played terrific. And uh, I'm going to just fly that right by for you. Whoa. You're going to have to break that down because that is not. It's coming on the video. That is not going to sit well with Twitter because Twitter is all over Feliciano today. Yeah, well, (laughs) I'll tell you this right now, my friend. If he's well enough to play next week, he's not getting moved out of that lineup. Nobody is. The, the, the poorest performance in that game by any one offensive lineman might have been Boatker. And I don't even know who would tie for second. So anybody who's not in that offensive line room who just likes to just emotionally lash out at the offensive line for some reason, whatever, because it's like this nebulous, ambiguous, 
you know, amorphous thing that you can just lash out at because nobody can really like dissect it. Well, sorry, I, I did. I don't think that's it. I think I think that's the difference in perspective between a guy that has played professional football and the fan. Because as much as you know the science and you understand the science and the nuances of what's going on, what we see is a run play called, right? So we understand as fans that a run play is called, which means there's an assignment somewhere and a gap that the running back is supposed to hit. And when the running back runs straight into the back of the guard, straight into the back of the center, or straight into the arms of a defensive tackle, that tells us somebody didn't do something right. We're not good enough up front. So it's not about a nebulous thing. It's more of a just a back to expectations, what we expect to see when a run play is called. We watched Thurman Thomas, Travis Henry, Willis McGahee, Shady McCoy. We watched all of these great running backs for years run through seams and run through creases and have and find holes and get through offensive lines that may have been on par with this one, if not maybe a little worse at, at worse at times, right? I mean, I think you I played. I think I found one and a half blocks that I thought Feliciano did not do well on, but his pass protection was smoke. Well, Feliciano, clearly, we that's one understanding about him is, is he, he's a way better. Him, Morse, as well, way better pass You're going to have to produce the plays, and I got three or four of them up, queued up that we're going to talk I'm agree- about. I, I'm agreeing with you. I'm agreeing with you that no, the Feliciano I, 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 is a good pass, a pass protecting guard for sure. But we just, I'm talking about run blocking in this oh, okay. instance, but I'll, I'll promise you, we had a conversation a couple hours ago where I said, wait, so how many got, how many plays does a guy get to have that aren't great? We agreed that it was one. Maybe one and a half, maybe two. Yep. I'm telling you, I watched the film last night. I watched every running play probably six times. I'm not so you're not, I'm not, you're not gonna see a change in the lineup. And right now in the offensive line meeting room when they're watching the film, they're all going, That's a good job, guys. Uh, so just just to set the record straight, Twitter was a flame about John Feliciano. I was not. I said the line has got issues, and my bigger problem is the scheme along with the play calling. I feel like the run game is being forced. See, now you're on it. Now you're on it. So right, let's, but, we but, can dive but, into that. But but you're. I you're, told you we were going to fight tonight, Joe. <laughs> you're projecting. You. You're pro- uh. you're projecting the the Bills Mafia overreaction onto Joe, who hosts the overreaction show. Which, if you listen to my show more than twice, you'd know that my show isn't really an overreaction show. I'm kind of level headed and just kind of just bring the point yeah, I, I have quartet practice on sunday nights <laughs> all right so the good uh so i talked about the good i thought the receiving core was was really nice how do, I get, how do i get a sub and i don't mean a sandwich how do i get can i get a sub like so <laughs> well I'm, I'm about done i mean all the defense was good minus a couple plays each by everybody we need to be better at kickoff return yeah. uh, that's the bad i guess we're trying to tra- i'm just transitioning to needs work so yeah 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 so punting needs needs work. Maybe there's like a counseling session or a YouTube video. Uh, it's not going great. And it's consistently like this. It hasn't been like, oh, he's great. Oh, he had a bad game. It's just, mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then kickoff return, you know, and obviously we McKenzie needs to field a couple more punts in practice. Uh, what else needs work? I'll, when we talk about needs work, we'll talk about uh, run philosophy. You go. What what needs work? So I'm not much different than you. I mean, I've got the I've got the offensive line, but it's more of a it's more of a high level kind of a thing because it because to me it's about the run scheme, which you and I have been beating up the run scheme on for this team for two years, John. This is not a new conversation for us. Even it's not a new conversation this year. You want me to add a wrinkle? Yeah. It's not the run scheme. It's personnel. 
Okay, that's great. I'd, I'd love to hear that because that means that we're drill. Because there was a point last year, it might have been. It might have been. I don't know why you're whispering. It's creepy. <laughs> for dramatic effect, dude. It's for dramatic effect. <laughs> I don't remember if it was after quarter three or quarter four. I put you on the on the spot and I said, "What is the problem? Is the problem the play caller? Is the problem the offensive line? Is it the scheme or is it the running backs?" And you paused and kind of hemmed and hawed and i think you came down to it being a little bit of the scheme like or more of the scheme than anything else so if, if we're finally drilling down and discovering what the problem is then let the floodgates open right because right. i, I want to hear this i again. had an epiphana Epi oh my epiphana. gosh come on dude that was that wasn't too bad that, that was i get a my girls make fun of me for dad jokes all the time that was awful <laughs> <laughs> Bertie, was that horrible? Bertie, can you do me a favor? Can you take every IPA in your fridge and dump it out before John has a chance? They to don't ever it? have IPAs. I have to bring my own. I brought my own cooler all the way from Tucson. I'm please, take that, please, take that, please take that cooler away from John Fina right now. This is a, the best show that never got aired. Wait, are we in the air? Yes. Oh, I swore. This is a family show. Okay, so real quick. Right, so I hemmed and hawed, right? And I couldn't yeah. put my finger on it, and then I had an epiphany. Um, wait, wait. I didn't finish my last needs work. Oh, my God, I'm holding my breath. <laughs> <laughs> Coming back to your epiphany, I have a serious problem with something that needs work, which is I was talking to my dad about this tonight. My dad and my stepmom came over for dinner. Um, it was It's my stepmom's birthday, so we celebrated her oh, birthday. Oh, happy birthday. Yes, yes. Um and I said to dad, I said, the problem that I have with this football team right now, and I said it on my show last week, is there's a, a lack of realization or a lack of, it's seeming lack of just understanding. They know they're good, but they don't, I don't think yet get that they're going to get the best game out of every single opponent that comes, that come, that like comes to face them because every player or every team that they play, the Jaguars this weekend, you name the Jets, the, the, the Patriots, not playing the Dolphins and the Patriots or the Dolphins were too. They want us. They want to wake up Monday morning and watch good morning football and hear about how they took it to the Buffalo bills. And it seems like the bills are having a little bit of difficulty realizing we're the hunted. Everybody wants to beat us. Everybody like last year, the bills were really good. Kind of a surprise. People weren't sure what to expect. Robert Sala from the 49ers thought that Josh Allen was uh, was a wildcat quarterback and a lot like Cam Newton. And then he learned, he learned something in that football game. That's not who Josh Allen is this year. Everybody knows who Josh Allen is and everybody's trying to beat this football team. And I feel like they're just not the nineties bills team. This is what I said to my dad. You guys knew, you guys knew we're good. We're going to show you we're good. This team is more like we're good. Yeah. Well, okay. I mean, I, I don't, I don't disagree with that entirely. And that's a mentality thing. And I think you got the right staff for that. I mean, there's no way Frazier and McDermott are going to stop hardening their hearts. Right. You know, and I mean, maybe you should, you know, at the risk of offending people, put a bunch of targets in the locker room, you know, just go in there and paint fresh targets. And like, this is you. Right? Yeah. Everybody's gunning for you. Yeah. Fact. That's just yeah. what it is. Yeah. And they, you know, I, I think that, you have to have that mentality and, you know, kind of a Johnny come lately last year, potentially, you know, maybe they haven't reached that point yet, but that's the growth pattern of every championship team, right? Until you hit that stride. Could be. 
Yep. I'm going to give you props on that one. Harold Fuller says, and I love this. Doesn't every NFL player want to wake up the next morning and here they took it, took it to whoever they played every week? No. <laughs> You've talked about it. There's been times that you were in a, in a locker room with the Bills being like, the only way we're getting out of this game is if the bus crashes on the way to the stadium. Like, there's times. No, I, I think what he was saying is, isn't that the goal? Like, doesn't everybody show up for that? And I don't. Yeah, but, I don't, you know, there's a, what? I'm not sure they do. No, well, that's my point is like, you got to get to the point where you're on the edge of the knife. Mm, mm. That's good. Is that it? Is that the, I can just shut the show down now. Edge yeah. of the knife. Edge of the knife. Killed it. All right. You ready for my epiphany? Epiphina. Epiphina. All right. I'm putting on the white hat because it's my wizard hat. Oh, my gosh. So now you're Fina the White? No. <laughs> Fina the IPA. All right. It almost has IPA in it. If that was an, uh, if that was FIPA, you could pull that off. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to diagnose the run game for you, and then we'll look at the film. Um, our running backs are not good blockers in the running game, and neither are our tight ends. And every time we go to a more open set and run a draw style offensive run plan, we do far better. So if you go, when we look at these plays, Every single one of these plays, well, three out of the four plays that we have queued up are the fault of either Zach Moss, um, Sanders, Sweeney. The offensive line actually does a fair job. But what happens is if you have to maintain blocks. And if you cannot maintain for a certain length of time, running backs make decisions based on who gets beat. And then you just kind of run into the teeth of, really blocked guys there weren't unblocked guys except for one play from the offensive line perspective right that boss missed a block sweeney got destroyed on two or three i couldn't find the third one i didn't you know it was too many ipas in maybe when i started watching the film one of those of which stefan Diggs was chirping at him coming back to the huddle chirping at him yeah sanders missed a block uh and those things matter and if you look like even on the, we ran a true option. God, that was hilarious. I watched that like four times. Like what happened here? It's a bad pitch. We Josh optioned the guy who was supposed to option. He, he made the cut that he was supposed to make. He should have flicked that ball out and it would have been downhill. I don't, I don't know that they'd have gained more than six or seven, but it wouldn't have gone out of bounds. Mm-hmm. So bring yeah. him up. You ready? Is it time? Well, the question I have is this before you, you, you started that whole segment with, uh, there's some run plays that they run when they should be doing other ones because they're better at it. Then, and I wrote in my, I just wrote literally in this moment, why the hell are they running those plays if they know they can't? Well, and this I gets, can, tell, I can tell you that that with the defense that Miami was running, the pressure defense that they were running was six, seven, eight guys, seven at the line of scrimmage. It's really rough on the skill position people to sort all that out. Right. Offensive linemen are typically okay sorting that stuff out at the line. But when you have that condensed kind of running attack sure. and you have a, a bunch of guys up in your face, the first guys that fail are tight ends and running backs. So this is the reason that I asked that question because I was in a war by myself. And there's a couple of people here that will listen to this show and remember 2019. 2019, the Buffalo Bills were – they were growing up, right? It wasn't 18. Josh Allen was kind of intermediate in his skill set. He, he wasn't a good quarterback yet, but he wasn't bad. He was learning how to play the game. 
the 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 roster was being turned over and we the bills were losing games they should have won the browns game and i'm going back to 2019 and there was a lot of content creators who were out here basically going they just didn't execute they they just didn't execute and i'm like what does that even mean they didn't execute because to me there's a philosophical and a fundamental difference between we have the horses to do this play we have the guys that can do it we can execute it we can do it right However, I think, I think execution in this instance, it's like a cheap way of saying win your block. Well, hang on, so, hang on. Let me finish it because you're you're where I'm going. There's a difference between having the guys and somebody made a mistake. I can be okay with that if somebody missed a block, made a wrong read, made a wrong step, whatever. Like, no, normally I get this, but I made a mistake. It goes back to what we said. He made one play, one bad play. Is that okay? Is that forgivable? Yes, absolutely. Versus they didn't execute. Because these guys can't do that. And in 19, we had a lot of plays being called for a football team that couldn't do what they were asking them to do, yet they were calling these plays all the time. And it's like, why are you calling plays that this team can't do? Well, they just Yeah, so I, I, don't, I don't think it's a function that they can't do these plays. I just think that it's the wrong plan against their defensive plan. So... You know, Gilliam, Gilliam, I think, should have taken the outside guy, and, and Zach Moss leads up. Gilliam goes into the line. Zach overruns the, the run support, and the play is dead. Right, um, right. Uh, Sweeney, Sweeney falls down on a block. He doesn't sustain another block. Sanders gets beat inside. And, by the way, our running backs need to stop dancing and understanding when you've got – you know, six guys, seven guys stacked up, not just in the box, but on the line. Mm -hmm. The first seam you see is the only seam, and you need to put your head down and get two, get three. I don't, two and three is fine with me. Nobody does that better than Cole Beasley. Cole Beasley sees that he's bracketed and darts forward. So that was brilliant. I was thinking about that on that first um, China route that uh, my man Baldinger, I haven't heard that expression in a long time, that in and out. Kind yeah, of yeah, yeah catches the ball and he turns back in and a lot of guys would sort of lose yardage and try to run around that. He's like, forget it. I need a first down. I'm going right there. And he, but he consistently does that. He takes exactly what he can get yep. and he just, and he like load up, let's go again. Yep. Yep. All right. What do you want to do? Right. So we're going to pull up the first run play. Get me all hot and bothered. <laughs> <laughs> so this is uh, at uh, what it was eight Oh six in the game. Is that right? Eight Oh six in the, first quarter i believe uh yeah is um is boker pulling uh well right now they're not doing anything but yes um so yes okay, I think so th this is a mistake here's your mistake go back go back to the snap all right so um our boy feliciano and williams should be double teaming the three technique to the middle linebacker all right and what happens is they both pass up the defensive lineman I think Boker is coming for this defensive end, or he's wrapping for the first linebacker. Right. But because both the tackle and the guard leave this guy, Boker's like, it's like uh, his 21st birthday. He walks in the door, surprise, wham, and he's down. Yeah, right? he's knocked over. So, yep. So these two should be deucing, and then uh, Boker should be wrapping up to 52 because you can see where, um, man, I'm losing names, 19. He's got, he's on uh, 45. Uh, McKenzie. Right. So that there's your offensive line error, flat out. But Boker was like that. That's not his fault. Uh, the right tackle and right guard both abandoned. You see, 
you see Feliciano on the backside linebacker on Van Ginkle, by the way, any athletic league is always better when you have somebody named Van Ginkle in it. <laughs> last, year, then, last year, you had a teammate named Van Noy. There was Van Ginkle yeah, and Van Noy. Right? And then you can see right here where Williams does a poor job on 52, mostly because it really ought to be Feliciano. Well, Feliciano's and, uh, got his block tied up. He's at the second level. He's not point. supposed to be there, though. That's my uh, point. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, so that one was completely blown up. Didn't have a chance in the world. No, no chance because it was it was incorrect blocking. Next one, it was uh was the first second quarter, five minutes, right? Five forty eight. Uh five forty twenty seven, it might have run. So yeah, yeah. Five, so yeah, watch five. um watch Sanders. All right, he gets destroyed inside, right? Yeah. Now yep. the responsibility for Moss here, go back. It's actually not a very it's a, it's a pretty well blocked play up front by the front five. Right there, stop. You got a soft spot right there. But the problem is Zach Moss has to make a decision based on Sanders' block, right? So two-step, two frames back, Zach should have bounced this outside. Look at the room outside right there. But yeah. he's not. He's looking down at Dawkins, which is not a bad place to look, but he didn't see the line. And that's a tough block for Sanders, right? That's right. a linebacker. Right, right, so right. I, I mean, I don't fault him. But I'm not going to sit here and blame the offensive line. Look, they're off the ball. Everybody's driven the Miami defensive front at least one yard downfield. You can only do that for so long. Dion gets a little bit stood up, but the breakdown is that is out at Sanders, whom I love. I'm not calling him out. If Moss has got his eyes up and understands who the weakest blocker is on this play per the assignment, he's going to read that block, not Dawkins block. Right. And look, this is actually one where I think Sweeney does well. Sorry. Hang on a second. I know he's a great guy. You're fine. I actually, I need to, uh, I'm not sure if I, I don't have the second one to this. So I'm going to see if I've got it here. Two seconds. So it's 453. Is this the next one? This is the QB run. Zach Moss. Okay, stop. So. I'm going to back it up just a hair. Uh, right. So, right there. Uh, yeah, so Gilliam is leading, right? And he's leading up inside. My opinion is the first guy takes the outside guy, and then Zach Moss takes the inside guy. But again, everybody, if you look across the line of scrimmage right here, all you can see are ear holes. And that's yep, good. Yep. yep. Right? So frame it up. Bam, there's the guy. And you see Zach Moss look back. Now, leave it right there. Or come back. Come, come back. back, yep. Yep. Come back a couple frames. A little bit more. A little bit more. Okay, right there. Oh, right too there. Far. Okay. Uh, too far. Too far. Go forward. Er, stop. Holy cow. That edge is sealed, man. If they blocked us wrong right or right wrong, that edge is sealed. You got your you got your wide receiver about ready to break down and stock block that cornerback. But look at the jerseys. Now, Gilliam's in bad position, unless he's leading on the inside backer, and then and in this instance, it's Moss's fault. But frankly, again, where's my offensive line? One yard downfield, we're looking at ear holes. Right. We're not looking sure. at jersey numbers. And Zach, I don't know what Zach is doing. Like, it's it's funny because I need to get context. So, I mean, it's... Well, we don't. We'll never have it. We don't know what the response is. So, stop it there. So like the guy runs the guy runs right by him like what and and this happens consistently with this Bills team where like and maybe it happens with other teams and I just watch the Bills too much. Can you give, can you give me two frames? Where do where do you want to be? Go go 
two frames forward. Stop. Okay, so they ran a little game here. The defensive end goes out. The linebacker comes in. Dawkins takes the inside guy as he should. Gilliam doesn't read it, doesn't see it, unless he's tracking for the inside linebacker, in which case, but look at, look at Moss's eyes. He's looking up inside. So he's thinking, I'm leading up on the inside, and Gilliam is kicking out. This is an assignment error problem. So they're, they're just not reading the defense and making the appropriate um, assignment call. It's assignment it's, error on the running backs. It just seems – it's somebody asked the question. It was why, just asked, and you can't. You probably can't see it. Could poor O-line coaching be part of the problem? I don't necessarily need you to answer that question. It just seems like when you watch what Zach Moss does, we see this Bills offense do this a lot where dude is running – looking for somebody to block and the guy that he's supposed to block is like running right by him and okay. like, oh, okay. there you go. Right. And, so, and moss does that right here so from this and by the way was it julia no i mean the last the one play was on the offensive line the last two including this one two are solely based on assignment errors by running backs tight ends wide receivers so if you look at this Dawkins should be on the guy standing up on the end of the line of scrimmage. That's the emol end man on line. Right. right. But what happens is the um, orange gloves actually, I think, comes downhill. <laughs> Nickname orange gloves. <laughs> it's perfect. Right. So, so what happens is on the snap of the ball, if I'm the tackle, I know that I'm I'm basically running a combination block with Gilliam. Right. So in, unless I'm supposed to take the end, and this could be a Dawkins error, but the way I look at it, the way he reacted, I, I just see this as Dawkins on orange gloves. So if they run a game here and he picks up orange gloves, then Gilliam has to change. Now, it's hard to know. I mean, scheme-wise, I don't see it. Execution-wise, I do. So if I'm scheming this, Dawkins is on the stand-up defensive end. Not on orange gloves. But who's the guy that runs by all of them and then runs by Zach Moss? Let's see. That's that's the guy standing up at the line. And nope. Right there. No, it's not. It's not orange gloves. Yeah. No, I'm saying it's the guy standing at the end oh, of the line. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. So you're saying the end is in oh, the fourth. Okay. End, right, end is in the fourth. Is, is the end in the four-point stance or is, the, is that a defensive tackle? Hold on. Hold on. The guy got, in the four-point stance is on Boker is in a three technique. Yeah, you've now, got you've got two guys that beat three Bills Bills blockers here. No, no, incorrect. You have one guy that beat two running backs. So I know exactly what happened. If Orange Gloves is on the 35-yard line, Dawkins blocks the guy in a two-point stance. Okay. If you can give me like two frames forward and pause it before the snap, Orange Gloves is in the feet see where he is we yep. say in the feet his feet are are level with the guy in the four-point stance that means that dawkins has to take him because he's he's a risk of penetration and blowing up the play now gilliam needs to see that and then so when gilliam sees dawkins go for orange gloves he has to redirect and go to the end now look Nice defense by the Miami. Right play call for the right play, right? They confused Gilliam and they confused Zach Moss. In 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 reality, you've got three to block two, and you've only got one guy blocking one and the other two missing one guy. So this is a running back error. No, that's without a shadow of a doubt. I, I mean, I see that, that, that it's a running back error on both of them. 
It's just hard to believe that Gilliam just decides to fly into the offensive line, right? He, so he just buries himself in the butt of somebody else. <laughs> and then and then Zach Moss finds himself, who still has probably the ability to save the play, right, and seal that end, that edge. And instead, that the guy that's standing up, whoop, there he is. And Zach Moss is like, oh, there you are. You okay, ran, right. You, well, you ran right. You ran right listen, by I, me. I, I'm emotional right now. I'm like Joe Miller last night. But listen, <laughs> I'm not laying blame here. So the, the the issue is you don't see this in practice, right? So they line up in that uh, look like a, a a wink or an under, right? So they line up in an under, and you're used to seeing orange gloves back at the 35 yard line. So that's the way you block it. So unless the defensive scout team has a wrinkle where you're doing an exchange of, of uh, responsibilities like this, then this is really, really hard to execute. It's right. hard for those two guys in the backfield. They just don't think like this. So what so, happens What happens in situations, and I'm going to use the example of uh, the Shanahans, so Kyle Shanahan and his dad. These guys can scheme running backs and run plays like crazy, like nobody's business. Why do wrinkles like this never affect them? The Browns are another great example right now in the NFL that are just a phenomenal running football team. Uh, Stefanski can scheme running like uh, the running game. And I don't want to be a great running. I don't want to be a great running team. I want to be a precision passing game because of the quarterback we have. It just seems like other teams are able to equip themselves to be prepared for something like this. I'm sure they won't make this mistake again. But honestly, I mean, what we're running, what we're running is lead week. Okay. We're actually running quarterback lead week. Right? Here so it is. Orange gloves. You can see his hat right there. Yeah, here it is from the other. That's what he's supposed to do. Gilliam needs to see orange gloves and go right to 45. That's that's where this play breaks down. So stop it back. So this is a this is an under front, right? So if you don't run a lot of lead against an under, then it's hard for guys to dissect this. So, so is this a, is this a play the Bills should be running or should not be running? Oh God, I'd run this a hundred times till Christmas. All right. So look, you've got you've got the. It's just it's just hard to fathom that you've got you can see three guys. You can see this Butker, really, really Butker. You got job. Dawkins on the outside. You got Bucker on the inside charging. You got Gillian behind him. You've got freaking Zach Moss and you've got Josh Mother Truck and Allen behind him. And you're thinking to yourself. I got Josh Allen behind three lead bleed blockers. There's no way this play fails. Well, it, it only failed because they just don't have the exposure. Like, how many reps does Gilliam get? Like, when they rep this play in uh, nine on seven, they probably get four reps tops during practice week, maybe six. I don't know how McDermott runs his practices. But, you, you know, th this is a great play. This is actually, let me tell you something right now. We're not if, even go ahead. If Zach Moss, or sorry, if Gilliam recognizes that Dion has to take the first threat, which he does, you see orange gloves 21. Yep. And if you see uh if if Gilliam takes 45, then Moss is going up and he's chipping the hip of 21, and then Josh Allen is right in Sanders underwear running well, downfield. I was just going to say you can you can see that there's a, in, from this shot right here you can see that there is a serious decision issue based on what has occurred. Josh Allen is supposed to go outside, but he sees 45 come around the end and he has to go inside. And if you look at the top of the screen, those two Miami Dolphins players literally in the next couple frames, whoops, too far. 
swallow him up. Yeah, but if you went back to the other frame, so this is actually really good. So you, when you want to see numbers, look right there, man, Morse, Feliciano, that backside is sealed, right? So Boker is in here with Gilliam, two on three right there, when Gilliam should be, it should be two on two, and Gilliam should be on that, that edge support guy. This is not a failure of the offensive line. And the reason I chose these plays is it looked like crap. And the easy thing to do is say the offensive line is terrible. But TRBL. And I watched it. TRBL, terrible. Terrible. Right. (laughs) People are like, Jesus, Fina, we're not watching. We're listening in our cars. Go back and watch the video. (laughs) Last one. Mm. As As he's swigging his beer. Last one. So this is the uh, second quarter, right? Uh, Two fifty-five left in the quarter. This is a quarterback run, right? Nope, it's Moss. It's Moss. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, this is the Sweeney play. I had my all messed up. Watch Sweeney at the top just get drove, right? Get, get eaten alive. Yeah. No, this was not a great play by um, Feliciano nor Williams. But if you look at this separately and just not in the context of Look what look at look at Sweeney. Yeah, he should. You know that is not the proper position for a hook block. He'd already got driven too far back. Gilliam has nowhere to go. Feliciano is actually not in terrible position. He's a little bit sunk back. But what kills this play is Tommy Sweeney, and I'm sure he's awesome. I hear he's a great guy. I love it. And this is no indictment on him. But we always talk about where do we need to get better? Gilliam, Sweeney, Zach, Singletary, and the run game need to get better. Here's the here's the rub. You ready for this? Man, our running backs can really block and pass pro. Yeah, they like, can. We, we had like one and a half bad blocks and pass pro by our running backs. But by and large, dude, they're like they, they wouldn't watch some Thurman Thomas film. Thurman would just blow guys up. <laughs> On a blitzing linebacker. <laughs> so I hope back, that, back so in the day. You go back and look. We had we had five substandard running plays. Yeah. And I just showed you four of them were based on running back and tight end play. So going back to my epiphany, if you look into the third and fourth quarter at our run game specifically. The only time we ran towards Sweeney, this was a really cool play. He released actually out to run support. So we ran strong, but by and large from a five-man front, from Mm -hmm. a five-man offensive line. All of our successful running plays in the second half were from spread. Now, the, the Dolphins did some pretty cool stuff defensively until it bit him in the butt when Josh was reading all the pressure and guys got open. He had a field day on him, and all it takes is two plays, right, to win the football game. And he, he hit the guys, and he got them. Yep. But they had a really nice plan for trying to get up into the line, try to confuse guys. The issue is they confused our running backs and tight ends. Gotcha. Solid stuff, man. That's freaking solid information, which is incredible. Let's we've got about uh we got a couple minutes left. So where do we go from here, John? We got the Jaguars, or we're headed to Jacksonville, which uh to face the Jaguars, which is one of the poorest football teams in the NFL, with apparently right now not great head coaching or great coaching with it, not with a great coaching staff either. So uh what's next for this football team? What are they working on this week? Well, if you go I gave you a bunch of plays to watch, you're welcome. You did, and- I watched them. 
go back and watch all the screenplays that we ran and the screen that you're gonna you're gonna really enjoy was we ran a screen to the right um i have it on my card here somewhere but the truth was it was actually a bilateral screen so he chose josh chose to throw it to the right it was a third quarter with 26 seconds last last play of the third quarter yep. josh throws the screen right but if you go back slow it down it actually it was he could he chose gotcha. he could have he could have thrown the screen to the left the left guard and left tackle were releasing left the center was releasing right it looked very similar they were both soft coverage you could have gone either way with it but that's 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 really cool it's funny because harold fuller says so many screen passes to me the screen pass the screen a, a properly executed screenplay in the nfl is like ballet it's like the opera it's, huge. it's just it's huge it, the, the look, way everybody's working together like the, just the, just to see it's not a, a, a wide receiver that beat a corner or like and the, and, the, and the quarterback you know move the safety with his eyes it's just for me, the screenplay is everybody doing something all with the same purpose and the same goal in sync together, and it's just a thing of beauty. Well, look, fight me, Joe Miller. If you don't have four guys that can get after our offensive line and beat us, then what do you do? You let Josh Allen just sit back and destroy you? No, right? So you do what the Dolphins did, and you had some success with it in the first half by bringing six, seven guys up, not just in the box, but on the line of scrimmage. Yep. What beats that? The screen game, the flat game, the quick curl. Uh, everything that we did in the second half adjustment-wise when we figured out what their plan was worked beautifully. Right. Minus a few running play assignment errors by running backs, tight ends, and, and wide receivers, our running game was solid. We had two bad running plays by the guys up front. Hey, fight me. <laughs> instead of instead of fight, instead of fighting you, Dan, Daniel Gower says, "Nice job, John." Thanks, Daniel. Uh, Joel That's Joe awesome. says, uh, "Joel Joe says, suit up, John. We need you." That'd Don, be a diminishing return. Don Keith says, "Excellent show." Uh, Stickman says, "Great break breakdowns." Fina the wise. Oh, Fina the full uh, of it. <laughs> Sharon says, "John Fina dropping a bomb and setting the record straight." Boom. Hey, then, Sharon. Thanks, man. I was tracking your comments last night and you seem very even handed. I appreciate that. Tom Whitmarsh says, uh, so glad I got to watch tonight instead of just listen the next day. So thanks, yeah, they, uh, there's a lot of people loving this stuff. So my, my guy, Tom York, a uh, great friend of mine, Joe Miller. Great job. Maybe you could replace Chris Brown. On <laughs> I don't want that. I, <laughs> I think that. the bills like Brownie. <laughs> I don't think Brownie's uh, so going, going anywhere. So if we got, if we don't have another one coming up, there was really cool. There was actually a couple of true RPOs that we ran. And we talked about this, the difference between zone read and RPO. I gave you an assignment, Joe, with like, it was like seven plays. I watched them all. Hang on. Before you do that, my mom also says, this is yes, this is my mother. Great job guys. So, Oh, and hi to Mimi Fina. Mimi Fina's out there. She didn't, she, she's a college student, so she can't go super chat. So <laughs> hi Mimi's. That's awesome. Um, I watched all the videos you told me to watch. It seemed okay. and, and before you tell me I'm wrong, my first, my first, uh, and you probably know what I'm going to say. My first um, reaction to all the plays you sent me was, yeah, of course the runs were starting to work. The bills were beating them up with the pass. The bills were setting the run up with the pass. Right. But you have to understand, but you have to understand they, they finally figured out that the way they had to attack the Miami defensive plan, but they had to find out what that plan was first. Yeah. So when when Miami had success stacking up the line of scrimmage, we thought, well, now we have to spread them out, right? Now look, I, I know McDermott wants to run, and you don't 
you know, you want to be a precision passing team, but there will always be balance and you have to figure out what their plan is defensively before right. you make your adjustments. Right. Otherwise they're not adjustments. Then it's just the plan. Does that make sense? Mimi Fina is out there. Where is she at? Mimi Fina right there. This is my first time tuning in live. Oh, hi, Mimi Fina. Look at that great picture. Isn't she gorgeous? She is gorgeous. That's absolutely, it's hard to believe too, because she's your daughter. So, well, her mother is <laughs> striking. So, <laughs> that's awesome. Is that all, all right, got? Jacksonville? Same thing, man. Um, we got to figure out what they want to do defensively, right? Do, do they think they have the front four, maybe five, to get after Josh, or do you think they have to bring pressure? So, if if they bring pressure, that that's always a let's solve it issue. You know that that's the risk, though. And then when they figured out when they figured out how they were going to protect, know which guy they're going to let free. Because if you're blocking six with five or seven with five guys get free, then you have to be able to react, break off the routes. And and that's what the bills did. I'd like to see them learn it up and do it quicker. Teams are, teams are not, I mean, you saw the Steelers bring pressure against Josh Allen in week one, but Josh, there was some crazy stat that came out this week and I can't remember what it was, but Josh Allen was like number one. It's some stupid, ridiculous stat and nobody's even close on pressure success rate and you saw it on the digs touchdown that ball came out so fast like he had a dude in his face immediately and the ball came out so fast to digs he read the play read the read and so did digs that Xavier howard didn't even have a chance to react to it so all the i can't remember who the the color guy was the color guy talked about digs having like this sudden burst like to the inside and it wasn't he just kind of like meandered to the inside but the ball came so fast howard was in his tracks there was nothing he could do about it yeah, I mean, we've seen Josh throw to places, right? Not yes. people. Right. I mean, that, that's that's where he's getting really good. Baldinger knocked one out today. I saw another guy analyze a play today, the lookoffs. You can do that with time. And I got to tell you, man, the pass protection, these guys were really, really good up front. All the more reason to stop running the ball in obvious running situations. What's a, what's a non-obvious running situation? I don't even know what that means anymore. I, I don't I'm, – I'm so confused. You you know exactly what I'm talking about. There are times when the Buffalo Bills in 2020 would run the ball and gain nine yards, and you're like, that was a great call <laughs> because it was completely <laughs> unexpected versus doing what they do. Like, they, they just seem to be trying. It was James Lofton. Uh, they, they, who you were, uh, James Lofton was before you, so you're probably not familiar with James. You know, uh, I was on the team with him one year. Yeah. Oh, you? oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, Sharon uh, comes with the super chat. Thank you, Sharon. Great show. Thanks, John and Joe. Well, Sharon, thank you. Uh, for tuning in and being a part of the show. And thank you for that super chat. I, I think I followed Sharon on the Twitter box today. Finally. Yeah, she, she's a great follow. She's, she was what, in limbo. I wasn't sure. I saw some of that stuff. Question of the hour from Jan Cornelius. What is uh, Fina drinking? Whatever's on sale. I like to try different IPAs. I think particular. she means right now. I think she means right now. This Oh, sorry. This is the uh, Q42BBQ.com approved <laughs> IPA of the hour. Brought to you by Sierra Nevada. Right, Birdie? Right. I don't um, even know what that means. It's going to be a good game next week. Don't set your expectations too high. Everybody wants to battle. We have a target on our back yep. because we have Bill's Mafia, too. Like I think certain communities resent that, and I think players get a vibe of their communities now because of social media. And guess what? I mean, Bill's Mafia is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and even at their worst moments, at least they're vocal. They're, you know, they're they're learning. Occasionally people say things that they want to take back. Isn't that right, Bertie? Right. Bertie says right. <laughs> so you know what? 
these guys have got to get on the edge of the knife, man. Edge of the knife. For the, that's the the phrase of the night. So, ladies and gentlemen, you have been tuned into the Off Tackle with John Fina show with your host, Joe Miller. That's me. The guy to my uh, your right, my left, is John Fina, the actual star of the show, who proved me wrong. And we had our moments tonight, John. And we had a lot of fun tonight, John. And uh, just, just think, next week, you get to do this with Jay Spence the King. I can't wait. Um, first of all, to hug it out with you. But I'm gonna. I'm hopefully I gotta get a hold of Jay Spence because I'm I'm working up in his town all week this week. And thanks to Bills Mafia. I love the content even when I hate it. I love it. That's passion, and passion is good. Right? Passion is good. Passion uh, is good. Off tackle with John Fina on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Podcast Network. Brought to you by Q42 Barbecue. Go to Q42BBQ.com. Use the promo code Fina Show. To get 15% off of your order. Don't look at the word receive. I typoed that. It's my fault. I gotta fix it. John is showing the Bills logo. Go Bills. For Joe. You're early for Joe Miller. For John Fina. Go Bills. Go Bills. Victory Monday. And and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.